0: What's up rap fans welcome back to the hip-hop enthusiast podcast keeping you up to date on hip-hop music in 2019 Today is April 14th. I am your host Kyle French and the enthusiast No expert on this music thing just a fan turned obsessive getting some of my thoughts off If you're into the abstract art rap wave and hip-hop You are in luck because today we're looking at two fresh new albums From two of the movement's biggest faces, we'll break down Guns by Kwele Chris and Hiding Places by Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel. I'll give my take on the Country Trap anthem that has become the biggest hit in music over the last week. That is, of course, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X. We got Hot in the Streets Song of the Week. We got new music announcements. We got it all today. Make sure to keep up with the podcast on Instagram at hip-hop and H-I-P-H-O-P-E-N-T-H. And make sure you are a subscriber on iTunes and or Apple Podcasts to get the new episodes downloaded immediately. We got a lot to get to, but first we have to take some time to acknowledge the unfortunate passing of hip-hop legend, icon, Nipsey Hussle. On March 31st, he was fatally shot in his neighborhood outside of his Marathon clothing store. Somehow getting on here to pay respects to a young artist gone too soon has become a trend that I wish would end. This actually marks the fourth time since I started doing this podcast I've had to get up here and talk about, you know, Mac Miller, Lil Peep, XXXTentacion. It seems like it's every few months we're losing another big face, an important name in this industry, which is just sad to say. Uh, This one really hurts because Nipsey was bigger than his music, just meant way more to, you know, the city he was from and the world than just being a rapper. You know he was a leader, philanthropist, entrepreneur, and to put it simply, it just sucks that he had to be taken from us like this. For those who don't know, Nipsey was just all about giving back, motivating the youth. He never left the neighborhood that he grew up in. When he made it big, he didn't leave. You know he poured it all back into the area that raised him, Slauson Ave, Crenshaw, South Central L.A. That was where he was from. That's who he was. You know, he started STEM programs in the inner city to educate kids, bridge them to the suburban areas around them that had just clear advantages in education. He fought back against gentrification by buying up land and real estate himself and putting his people, the the area he came from, in the money-making opportunities that often outside forces just come in and exploit. And one of my favorite things that he did was when him and his girlfriend Lauren London did a photo shoot for GQ, He insisted it be done in his neighborhood on Slauson Avenue where he grew up. He wanted the world to see what he was about and where he came from. The last thing he was going to do was go to some high-rise expensive set and be like, I made it. See ya. I'm out. I'm at the top now. That was not Nipsey at all. He wasn't going to make it big and just abandon his roots. Every move he made seemed to be for the greater good, for the people, not for himself. He just empowered so many to be more than what they thought they could be. He set up businesses to economically elevate urban areas. Say whatever you want about his music. The man was a hip-hop legend, and his contributions will not be forgotten. If you're not familiar with Nipsey and and want to get to know him better, honestly, I would suggest just looking up the work that he has done in his community before you actually listen to his music, because that really precedes everything. You know, he made music. That's what he did as a profession. But it was really just a vehicle for him to, to be this icon and be a community leader and like a just a beacon of hope for the place that he came from. So RIP Nipsey Hussle, hopefully in his short time on this earth, he inspired thousands of others to be like him, uphold the same values he upheld, and try to be as great of a man as he was. So thoughts and prayers to his family, his girlfriend, especially his children who just lost their father. So to remember him and memorialize everything that he did, we're going to take a quick moment of silence here. RIP. Thanks for taking that moment with us. Now it's time to get into the show. Let's get into it. This is the Hip Hop Enthusiast Podcast. First up, we got Guns by Quelle Chris, abstract hip-hop artist originally from the Detroit area. His collab album Everything's Fine with his partner Jean Grey came in at number three last year on my end-of-year countdown. So I hold this man in pretty high regard. He's known for his sharp wit and goofy character, often making a mockery of his subjects or embracing topics very satirically. And it's his lovable and extremely entertaining personality that comes as a consequence of those things, that has really won me over as a listener. Guns serves as Quelle's sixth solo record, and despite what I just mentioned, this is probably his most serious and possibly most refined work to date. He's never been one to shy away from making political or social statements, but he nearly goes cover to cover with honest, no-game sentiments on this album here. You still have some oddball bangers like Mind Your Business or Obamacare, that aren't cemented down by weighty subjects. And there are plenty of ironic lines throughout, so don't worry about that. He's still a funny, goofy dude at times. I mean, just look at the hook on It's the Law for a dose of comedy where he drops the lines. Because it's the law, it's the law, it's for me, it's for you, it's for all. God made the law so you should follow it just like God made this dick, you should swallow it. But just like that hilarious line doesn't really define that song that it comes off of. The satirical humor shtick that Quelly Chris often represents doesn't really define this album. So let's break it down from the jump. I would say this album can really exist on two levels. I mean, one, I mean, one. He's in this, as I mentioned, this abstract art rap movement where he's just making weird, like, kind of lo-fi on this album, like hip-hop songs. And if you're just listening for the sonics of it, if you're just listening because Quale is a funny dude, and, and you like his kind of weird, abstract lyricism, then this album is still very good. I mean, if you throw aside the concepts, throw aside the lyrics, it's still a really enjoyable listen. I think he went with this really minimalistic production where you really just have these kind of clunky, damp drums throughout the whole album, and then maybe one instrument kind of wandering into the fold after that. There's not really dense or layered beats, but it's A very enjoyable listen and something very different from what you're hearing coming from most of the hip hop music coming out in 2019. So, just on that merit alone, if you're into that style of music, you're gonna like this album a lot. But further than that, you know, you look at the concepts on here, the first thing that jumps out at you, you immediately notice a few things the title guns, the track names, you got, you know, spray and pray, straight shot guns and the outlandish, amateurly photoshopped cover art, which if you haven't seen is a depiction of guns just protruding out of a cutout of Quelle's face surrounded by bullets. And for everything that this really upfront concept of guns does tell you about the album's subjects, it doesn't reveal a whole lot. Yes, it discusses guns and references recent gun violence atrocities, but it's the deeper dive into like, how these problems manifested themselves, and why they persist that makes this album one worth investing your time into. And over these jazzy, trampled-down, minimalistic instrumentals that I referenced earlier, Quelle takes us for an adventure that he actually described in an interview with NPR as a sonic study of the question, do guns kill people or do people kill people? So he spends a lot of time on this project trying to figure out where where evil kind of comes from, how people weaponize themselves to cause evil things to happen in the world, and what factors have led to the current situation that we're sitting in, with songs like "It's the Law," he heavily implicates, like you know, the American government and rich white America and privilege and ignorance as being responsible for some of society's biggest pitfalls. Quelle describes like the double standards of that different classes face and how divided the classes have become because of it. And it culminates in him exposing this common idea that people lean on being like, oh, well, you know, it's it's the God-given law. You have to follow it or you deserve to be locked up and killed. You know, knowing damn well that a lot of them don't have to actually face those same circumstances, but they cast it upon lower people all the time. And that's where Quelle kind of gets tongue-in-cheek with it and drops that hook that I referenced earlier. Another song that really gets into the weeds about these topics is Wild Minx which takes a much more obscure reference-heavy stab at the same subject, actually using John the Baptist as his focus and even goes far to villainize John the Baptist to a degree. He parallels John wearing wild minx to modern-day people, pretty much just wearing their atrocities on their sleeves and seeing how acceptable this destructive behavior is. Talks about the idea of people pretty much flaunting their victims on their clothes and how this activity is actually admired more than anything. You know, rocking a wild mink rocking some animal fur coat is like a desired thing. And he's like, they're just wearing their pretty much sins on their sleeves. and Everyone loves them for it. It doesn't make sense. But he gets into, you know, how it's, it's normal. It's just tradition that's been passed down through generations. And another weird theme that I picked up on throughout this album that I thought was notable is how guns displays religion and God as antagonists and obstacles more than a, a you know, light of hope. Quelle refers to them as if they're just images, like the the "quote unquote" white man created to utilize his own benefit and justify his actions. But before Quelle gets too head over heels and entrenches himself in this side that it's all establishment's fault and it's all you know the the white man in America's fault, he does implicate himself quite a bit with songs like "Spray and Pray," "Mind Your Business." you even throw kind of Obamacare in there. And on these songs, he uses his weapon, his rapping ability, his talent, and he kind of admits that he weaponizes it himself, and sometimes he perpetuates bad images or behavior too. And these concepts, just diving into the narrative how and why problems like gun violence and other societal issues aren't being solved, certainly steal the show. I do think there's also somewhat of a a side narrative going on here, as Quelle references his position in the rap game quite a bit. And Kind of notes how he's trying to solidify his spot. I mean, the outro, uh, Will You Remember Me, he shows he's very concerned with his position and his importance in the greater landscape of hip-hop. On Box of Wheaties, he makes his pitch to be the face of the marketable cereal brand. He's like, why not me? I should be that dude. But I really do think, uh, while Will You Remember Me, that outro isn't really one of the songs that cements the concept of this album that much. I do love its laid-back feel. It has some of the, actually, the liveliest drums on the whole album and the somber piano keys that are going on. And it puts guns kind of in the rearview mirror. And he's wondering if works like this that he works so hard to create will have any real impact at all or will just be forgotten about. It's a pretty depressing question that I would assume a lot of artists have to confront. And he really hits the nail on the head with the line, Reality and optimism don't often coincide. So I thought that was a a cool way to cap the album off and kind of put it in perspective, all the work that he does. But as you can tell, not all songs are completely interconnected. I did think while I I like the execution of individual songs and some stuff ties together really, really well, it, it was a little bit messy. I feel like he tried to take on a lot of topics, squeeze a lot into this album, and some of it did get a little muddy and disorganized. I mean, you look at the song he did with uh Gene Grey titled You Me and Nobody Else. That really comes out of nowhere and it's just a love song to his, you know, soon to be wife. And maybe you could spin it to say, "Hey, he talks about all these heavy topics already. He's been, you know, trying to take on these huge topics and solve these societal issues and take these deep dives into how th- the culture of America is being affected." And maybe he's just taking a minute to be like, hey, you know, love exists too and I got it right here and I want to make this song to my partner, whatever. But you could also just look at it and be like, this doesn't belong on the album. It's I love the song actually on its own, but I don't know what it's necessarily doing on here, how it helps guns specifically. So the execution might not be, you know, A1, 100%, but I still think that Quelle is a very different voice in hip hop right now. Um, You may need to kind of get used to him. His voice, while I love his delivery, and it is very unique, it does sometimes sound like he's rapping with nose plugs in. He does try to sing a little bit too much on uh, this album. I think he overextends his, you know, melodic talents. And the beats are atypical, although they're fairly, you know, simple and maybe two maximum three instruments. So it's not some crazy, wild organized noise mess you're trying to dive into and get through but you probably are going to be aided if you've heard Quale chris before or if you just have an open mind to this style of music otherwise it may take you a minute to get into guns but i think it's one of the best albums of the year he's mostly firing on all cylinders so i would say you know best tracks on here it's the law wild minx will you remember me mind your business and obamacare and my least favorite tracks would be psa drug fest 2003 And Spray and Pray. I would recommend this album to you if you like Open Mike Eagle, Denmark Vesey, or Gene Gray. And I'm going to give this album, Guns by Quali Chris, an 8.5 out of 10. I'll play two tracks so you guys can get a feel for the album. We're going to play samples of It's the Law and Wild Minx. Of course, coming off this new album, Guns by Quali Chris. So here they are It's the Law and Wild Minx.
1: Without cast the first get out of our country. Oh, the hypocrisy. Another tongue-in-cheek oath to democracy To help normalize the day-to-day atrocities oh, by the law of the land is planned by the man upstairs from the with the long blonde hair. Oh the irony. All these multicultural hating whities who criticize some brown on it. Oh, okay. Hey, blessed hey, bless USA. And the true blue loves to trust American way. Hate in the name of love. Sin ain't a sin of the pen, push them versus us. From under the ship to behind the truck, behind the truck to the back of the bus. Now we making it by going back where we was. Progress is a long road, so buckle up because it's so long. It's the law, nigga. It's for me, it's for you, it's for all niggas. If God made the law, you should follow it. Just like God made this dick, you can swallow it. Bless the law. It's the law, nigga. It's for them, it's for they, it's for all niggas. God made the law, you should follow it. Just like God made these laws, you get the goddamn joke. One oath, your hope went up in goddamn smoke. Skin worn thin from the whips and the ropes. You I ain't scholarly, but why hate quality? Unless you despise my rise, I think it brings you down to me. Monkeys with gang bang chain to the streets. Honkers with gang brain on to the teeth. Both of the hate served on place by the same chefs to death, feeding open wounds, open flames. can handle the truth what they do to the least they do. For the chief and the priest that they need released. Bonds and bonds, but our minds are all being a tribe. to a wild ride, so buckle up, because it's the law. Break the law, nigga. It's for white, it's for black, it's for all niggas. God made the law, we should follow it. It's like God made the heavens <laughs> Listen up, I got a story to tell. Boy. John the Baptist wore wild makes. Strew about the room with a swoon and a wink. Big body Bethlehem links. Top bottle playing piano while he thinks. What's perfection when life's a on the brink? Gregorian chance of the drinks. Reverence from legends, historians see. Tony Charlie's good grief. Solar chains, good feed. Those will never eat a strange fruits. Think it's too... But then his group is very cool that the least Swallowed in tune with the movements of beasts In the dark age he was unfazed by the new waves And stayed true to his old ways Word on the streets was that he bought his seeds with ease And broke bread with saints and thieves The shade on the sleeves was the same as the slaves, the kings The raven's wit and the mood that brings The understanding of the enemy The power in the song one sings a boast that Joseph's coat were back to a moat Feasting on meats that was bled from the throat Lambs and goats Wiping the grease from said treats on the sleeves of his coats Messages received from burning trees was translated to tablets so the herd could read Indeed, he ghost wrote songs but few saw him on the scene Masterpieces for the paycheck, said he want the same they cut Mike for the 16 been a umpteen since he pissed clean. A stop attending lessons, couple blocks from the beam. Don't try to rewrite your story when you die. Johnny boy wore wild makes so alive. Why not?
0: You just heard It's the Law and Wild Minx from Quelle Chris off his brand new album, Guns. One of my favorites of the year. Those two tracks I played were more of the uh, two intensive songs on the album. If you're looking for something with a little bit more punch to it, a little bit more aggressiveness to it, and maybe lighter tones, check out Mind Your Business or Obamacare. Both those are fantastic songs that take a little bit different of approach than the two you may have just heard. Next up, we're talking about Hiding Places by Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel. Billy Woods is a rapper I've come to really enjoy over the past year, whether it be his solo work or his group work with Elucid as the duo Arm and Hammer. I would guess he's somewhere near the age of 40 and operates out of New York City after being born in D.C. and spending chunks of his childhood in Africa. But the man is a shadow. He's impossible to find information on, dig up, You can't even find a picture of the man's face on the internet. He's one of the most anonymous artists in the hip-hop game right now. The closest you'll come to actually seeing a picture of the man is probably on his music video for SpongeBob off this album Hiding Places. But even then, you get pixelated versions of his face. It's always covered by some type of you know headwear or you know do rag or towel on his face. He never lets you get a clear picture of him. That's part of his aesthetic, that's what he does. Um, And he brings more of that on Hiding Places, which is an aptly named title. Kenny Siegel handles the instrumentals. He's worked frequently in the past with artists like Milo, who we talked about last year. And he makes for quite a good fit with Billy here. Hiding Places is a very dreary, dark album with a lot of cryptic lyricism and shady details, which has become Woods' forte style. His patented slow motion, yet very assertive and bold bars, Gave him one of the more unique deliveries in all of rap music, and one that I personally love. Throughout the decade, he's kind of cemented his style. Uh, He's got these very retrospective verses, brings up a lot of questions. He often gives you either extremely specific details or not enough to really provide any context. It's kind of like you're watching a movie, but the cameras are fully zoomed in, so you only get very small, specific fragments of what's going on and it's nearly impossible to piece together the whole bigger picture. So if you like your hip-hop to be laid out for you with very explicit transitions of action and very transparent statements, Hiding Places in Billy Woods might not be the guy for you, but if you like some mysterious, dark, cryptic hip-hop, Billy Woods is right up your alley. The track Spongebob is a perfect opener with guitar notes that sound as if they're being drowned underwater. Very cool effect that Kenny Siegel put on those notes, Billy's talking essentially about death coming for him, and when it knocks, he just kind of accepts it. It seems like he's been beaten down so much by life that he's just ready to give in. Across the album, he discusses a lot of just simply terrible things happening and paints a very bleak, desolate picture of the world. You quickly get the sense he's isolated himself, and it's like he's been let down by everyone and everything in his life. Paranoia is circling him. The day-to-day is just Grim, I mean, even on this opener SpongeBob in the chorus, he confronts and accuses God himself of letting him down and lying to him. and you look at lines off Spider Hole like, "'No man of the people I wouldn't be caught dead with most of y'all, and it's just me and the spider hole, that's the best part, show how cut off he keeps himself from society. I gotta commend uh, Kenny Siegel, who does a solid job of matching this dim tone with downcast production that often gets frantic and and wild and out of control. Kenny definitely did his thing on here. And I have to shout him out, especially for the sonic consistency. And that's where Kenny, I think, really made his presence felt. In the past, Billy Wood's solo projects have had abrupt changes of pace and felt much less organized. I mean, as much as I love Today I Wrote Nothing and Known Unknowns, you hear some of these song transitions, and it sounds like they could have come from albums that were decades apart, just nowhere close to having any similarities. And while they're phenomenal pieces of music, I find Hiding Places to be one of his most cohesive albums I've ever heard from him. And I feel like if you were to shuffle Billy Wood's tr- whole you know, library of tracks, you'd probably be able to pick these ones out fairly easily as opposed to tracks from other albums. So I think that's where Kenny really made his presence felt. I do think the middle section of this album is a bit of a snooze outside of a day and a week and a year. That song I very much enjoyed. It had a lot of nostalgic lyrics kind of harkening back to uh, better times where he felt more motivated and inspired to take on the world, I guess, but since then, just certain tragedies and events in his life have kind of ruined him and that's what goes from you know one bad day turns into a week, turns into a year, turns into your whole life and that's kind of uh where he's at now. But aside from that track, um you get songs like Hootie, Bedtime, Crawl Space, that to me just weren't woods at his most captivating. The beats were still solid on here, but the, you know, individual narratives of the tracks just weren't as gripping. He didn't have as many of his just signature, you know, one-liners that kind of stop you in your tracks, whether it's you know, a sudden twist into a very dark memory or some type of retrospective storyline that he's getting into or just general thoughts on death and existentialism. I don't know. I just felt like those tracks were missing some signature Billy Woods. It really picks up again though, from toothy onto the close, And it's this section that solidifies hiding places as one of the better 2019 releases. It was a hell of a release date considering we got that quality Chris album and this album, the outro red dust has quickly become one of my favorite Billy Woods song and is a hell of a closer that tops off with a whole verse directed at some specific individual. And as is typical, we don't know who exactly that person is. We don't know what exactly they've done to spite Billy. But it's pretty evident that this person is number one on Billy Wood's shit list and clearly occupies a lot of his mental space. I mean, the last lines of the album, the last bars you'll hear from him read, eyes wide open, I would watch you go, Seeing you in hell, all I think about when they say woods, that's all she wrote. I know the list long, i put you at the fucking top though. End scene. That's what we get for you know our dismissal from this album that disappears just as mysteriously as it popped up. I love the untouchable nature of the album. It's so tough to pin down the subjects, but also projects very strong feelings and sentiments that begin with Billy's isolationism and his lost hope for pretty much you know, life on this earth. I wouldn't say it's kind of as bogged down as maybe an Earl Sweatshirt album can get really going into the depths. There are some, you know, moments for humor or moments of braggadocio that Billy's just coming out, guns a blazing. You know, the song Checkpoints definitely uh, was one of those more up-tempo, punch-heavy songs where he's really letting things go. My biggest critiques to this album would probably be you know this the skits I thought uh some definitely went on just too long. He had one uh, I can't remember at the end of which song it was, but he was just talking about like mail getting delivered and reading other people's mail and i couldn't I couldn't really track it i wasn't I still don't know exactly what it's about, but it was like a full minute um he's got some other kind of short skits on here that I didn't feel like did a whole lot or made a whole lot of sense, and then on top of that. You know, his delivery on here, while I'm a big fan of it, isn't really anything different that that we haven't heard in the past. All these songs sound like what Billy Wood's songs typically sound like. The only thing that really differentiates them is Kenny Siegel's production that he brings to the table, uh, which does give it, yeah, a slightly different uh, feel than maybe when he has his albums produced by Blockhead or when he gets other producers on there. But Billy's side of things, if you're looking at his you know, his vocal performances, his songwriting, his lyrics, it's not vastly different from what we've heard throughout the majority of this decade. So I would be wary to really praise this album, but it's another solid addition to his catalog and one that I think makes him one of the better artists of this decade. He's been absolutely killing it time and time again, and this is no exception. So fat recommendation on this album right here, Hiding Places by Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel. The best tracks on here are Spongebob, A Day and a Week in a Year, Red Dust, and Spider Hole. My least favorite tracks were Hootie and Bedtime. I recommend this album if you like Earl Sweatshirt, Vortal Mega, or Blockhead. And my overall rating for this album is an 8 out of 10. I'll give you guys a little sample of a couple tracks on here. So from Hiding Places by Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel, this is Spongebob followed by Spider Hole.
2: Marsh through the orchestra pit, the ripped CDR skip. You hope the CDS don't stick, bent over dope sick. Too scared to write the book. Took it, put it in the hook of a song. No one listened to it, looks like I wasn't wrong. Hit it where they wouldn't look, looking like Saddam. Looking at Taiwan like, look, they shook. Let's get it on. Shots whizzed, his depression was all gone. Lifting, please use the proper form Bended the knee, rolled up half a guam Lost no sleep over the fate of white form What well, goes, come back around So when it came for me, I wasn't alarmed Get fished out the hole like Saddam Tough guys won't go alive Get found unarmed An object in motion stays in motion I wait till the sea calm Slaves like hammered prawns Ships was yay long It's too late for With the hammer in the palm, you a slave to the hammer, you do what it wants. Take the good with the bad, fly trees in the Jeep blunt. Niggas put up a good front, but you can see the zipper. Survived by the grace grace from God. averted eyes, advised, passing through the building lobby. You don't want smoke. National Geographic Negroes cooking coke. Anthropologists watch the Negroes sell dope. or huddle corners, corner stores, jotting notes. Hand in hand, much as they forefathers before. It's a good trope. Trope, it's a good trope. Fascinating stuff. Thumb and forefinger the a was clutched. Four million USD hovering over some mud huts. It's nuts. It's not the heat, it's the dust. Sour when the wind gusts crush. Rock smile copped illegal weed from fake hole in the wall. I don't want to go see Nas with an orchestra at Carnegie Hall be caught dead with most of y'all don't call me again what i should have said when he called rye smile copping legal weed from fake hole in the wall i don't want to go see nas with an orchestra carnegie hall
0: That was Spongebob and Spider Hole by Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel coming off Hiding Places, an album that has quickly become one of my favorites of the year. And we've really seen hip-hop start to pick up in the month of March with a lot of my favorite albums coming uh, in the past couple weeks, which has been great. Hopefully it continues. And, you know, as we get into the summer, all the big names drop. And 2019 becomes as strong as 2018 did. And with our album reviews in the rearview mirror, We got to talk about a song that has become the biggest hit pretty much across the world, definitely in the U.S., and that is Lil Nas X bringing us Old Town Road. I'm sure at this point everybody has heard it. There's been a lot of conflict around it being removed from the Billboard country charts, a lot of conflict about what is it, what genre of music is it, did it actually blend country and hip-hop effectively, what's going on here. Why is Billy Ray Cyrus on this? How does Lil Nas X have the two hottest songs in the country? Doesn't make any sense. So let's get into it. First off, this song was originally made to be inspired by or on the soundtrack for a video game, Red Dead Redemption 2. And then somehow spiraled into this hit song that has taken over the charts. Being the number one song in the country, it was obviously number one on the country genre charts before it was removed, which honestly probably just added more fuel to the fire, sparked more conflict around it, more energy about the track. My take is honestly it probably doesn't belong on the country charts. It has an obvious hip-hop instrumental. Some people are trying to say that it has this acoustic guitar sample going on in the background, but that's, that's not enough to just make it a country song. There's very clear and obvious heavy trap drums throughout the entire song, uh, Lil Nas X is pretty much rhyming on the song. Yes, just because he has a country accent doesn't automatically make it country. It's not exactly how it works. You could argue the chorus maybe is a country song. And yeah, he's talking about horses and tractors and stuff like that. But it's also a complete joke if you listen to the song. It's just preying on very obvious cliches in both hip hop and country, which I don't think is a bad thing for what the song actually intends to be. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. It slaps, it goes hard, and everyone loves it. I have no problem with it. The only real thing that I have an issue with is that when he went on Genius Verified to talk about the song and the lyrics of the song, he was trying to make it sound like it was a legitimately serious song with meaningful lyrics. He was trying to discuss what he meant with everything he said. And it's like, come on, dude. You said riding on a tractor, lean all in my bladder. Cheated on my baby, you can go and ask her. You can't, you can't play me. And tell me that that was, like, your best songwriting and really some heartfelt stuff. If he would just gotten up there and been like, yeah, it's a joke. Like, I was just messing around, made an awesome song, had a bunch of fun. That'd be cool. That's the only thing I have an issue with is that he tried to play it off like, oh, no, this is a legit song. Like, I tried to write a country song. No, you didn't, Lil Nas X. Besides that, though, forget the politics. Is it a good song or not? I say yes. I mean, like I said, what it intends to be, it's awesome. How many songs legitimately appeal to both country and hip-hop audiences? It's an extremely small field. People have tried to bridge that. Yellow Wolf, most notably from the hip-hop scene, has tried to push into the country lane, but he tries to do it in such a, like a, a deliberate, serious manner, and he's just not a good rapper that much to begin with. It just—it's it, kind of a mess. So he didn't—I he, mean—he failed miserably. Let's be honest. Then you have some more modern country songs that are starting to use hip-hop-inspired instrumentals and adopt some trap elements. I don't really listen to country at all, but just from hearing songs on the radio or songs on the hot charts, you can see this as a trend that's starting to happen. But even these mostly just annoy country fans and piss them off. And it's not like hardcore rap and hip-hop fans are going to go for that stuff anyway. So we've had a lot of you know, shots taken and missed on trying to bridge these two genres, but Old Town Road has just the right blend of hip-hop and country cliches, a very catchy hook, obviously a beat that quote-unquote slaps, and it's all wrapped up in the meme-ability of the song. I mean, it's it's a joke, let's be honest, but it's a surefire hit. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's an amazing musical achievement or a legitimately great track, but I will say of all the people I know with different music tastes Liking different genres into different artists, it's very rare that a song comes out that they're all into, that they're all playing, that they're all listening to, and saying is fun. If you want to be some hardo, you know, music critic saying this isn't that good of a song, I don't know why people are, you know, all about this. It's just some country, hip hop, pop trash. Just relax, dog. Like lighten up. Just have some fun with the song. That's all it's really meant to be. I think it hits the nail on the head. You know, Billy Ray getting on this. Definitely amped it to another level, through another wrench into is it a country song. You got an esteemed country singer getting on the remix and drawing even more crowds into liking it. I mean, if country fans weren't about it to begin with, they see Billy Ray get on it. I bet more people are on board. Uh, bottom line, it goes hard. No doubt we'll be getting stupid high levels of play in younger audiences. And hey, shout out to Lil Nas X doing his thing, making a song that people will love. And it'll be a huge hit. I don't know what the hell he's going to do after this, what songs he can make after this. I can't even see him dropping an album that won't just be a flop and like a joke. He seems like a one-hit wonder off rip. But take your 15 minutes, probably going to get play like the whole year, honestly. So, I mean, take what you can get, Lil Nas X. Make this into a career. Do whatever you want. I'm here for it. I'll be bumping it. Old Town Row, baby. Let's go. But don't worry. It's not our Hot in the Streets song of the week. I'm not going to play it. I'm sure everybody's heard it. It's going to get overplayed eventually. I'm not going to give it to you one more time on here. So we will get into our Hot in the Streets Song of the Week segment, though. And this comes to us from a member of my favorite group in hip-hop currently. That is Brockhampton, and that is their lead member, Kevin Abstract. Just a few days ago, he released a three-song collection of singles, kind of an EP, labeled Arizona Baby. And our Hot in the street song of the week comes from this short EP. The third song, Georgia, has been my most played song since it came out. Absolutely love it. Has a lot of classic Kevin Abstract elements to it. I mean, you look at the distorted, auto-tuned vocals on the chorus. You get a lot of pitch-shifted stuff where you can barely really discern that it is Kevin Abstract. But he's made that a style all of his own. The lyrics are introspective, as always. He's talking about... Ah uh, once again, kind of his his youth coming up in Texas, dealing with figuring out you know his sexual orientation, which has been a big talking point in his music. He gets into you know packing it up and going to chase his dreams in music, making it in the industry, and now it's like everything is all right, as he says in the chorus. It's a soft feel good song, and as Brockhampton always tends to do, the vocal effects are always switching up and giving you a little different angle, a little different taste of what Kevin Abstract can do. I'm all about this track, so I'm going to play it right now. Hot in the Streets Song of the Week, Georgia by Kevin Abstract.
1: I got Georgia on my mind Ain't nobody left behind It's just me, my team, my weed, my baby's out and parked outside Call my mom and let her know That everything is alright i got georgia on my mind ain't
3: nobody left behind it's just me my team my weed my baby's out and parked outside Come my mom and let her know that everything is all right houston texas my teachers have weapons i get my ass whipped i learn my lesson i often question i often wonder if I told this class, i like the nigga that sit in the back. How bad would it make me suffer? <laughs> Smoking, fuck, we high as hell. We don't love each other. We let the night derail. Only time will tell. I'm under your spell. I lay on your chest. You wonder what sex. I love when you breathe and make me reflect.
0: Your hot in the streets song of the week, Georgia by Kevin Abstract coming from his new short EP Arizona Baby. It just feels like he's kind of made it to the top of the mountain. He's been through a lot of stuff and he's kind of looking around. He's finally found peace. He's finally, you know, happy. It's just a really joyful song, really easy to get behind. A guy I'm I'm always rooting for. So obviously, I was all about this one. He's kind of hinted at more music coming out. He tweeted or he put up an Instagram picture with the dates 11th, 18th, and 26th, I believe, on it. He dropped these three songs on the 11th, so I'd assume we're getting more EPs. Probably not full albums, but, I mean, who knows with Brockhampton? I mean, this is a group that came out of nowhere to drop three albums in one year. They, you know, are known to just drop singles out of the blue, put up some just videos with super high-quality production out of nowhere, so who knows what we're getting. But the 18th, and I actually think it's the 25th, not the 26th, Those are dates I'm going to be waiting to see what the group, or maybe just specifically Kevin Abstract's solo material, is up to. Can't wait for more. But until then, let's look at some new music announcement stuff that has dropped in the past couple weeks. We'll start with April 4th, which was a pretty lackluster release date. We did get the third installment of Conway's Everybody Is Food series coming up out of the Griselda camp. That's always quality material. We also got Just Another Gangster" by Birdman and Juvenile. We got a couple singles, Song 32 by No Name and The Who by JPEG Mafia. Two singles I would heavily recommend that you check out. And then just this past Friday, April 12th, we got Ventura by Anderson Pack. Oxnard, he took more of a hip-hop-influenced approach, a lot of Dr. Dre-inspired production. On this one, he goes with more of a soulful R&B style. Absolutely love the single that came off of that song, Make It Better. Uh, we also got, of course, that Arizona Baby EP by Kevin Abstract. We got 88 Glam 2.5 by 88 Glam. Camouflage Regime by Vinny Paz and Tragedy Gaddafi. Roll the Dice EP by Marshmallow and SB Times RBE. And we got a couple of little Uzi Vert singles. He has announced he is back. We all knew his Quote-unquote retirement was BS. He wasn't actually quitting music. So he's back with two new singles. If you like Lil Uzi, check those out. Hopefully he's got his new album, Eternal Take, which has been on the rise for seemingly a year and a half, coming soon. But those are your new music announcements as we get into April 2019. And that's about a wrap on the show today. You've been listening to The Hip Hop Enthusiast. Keep me up to date on hip hop music in 2019. Thank you for listening. Make sure to check back next week. We'll have episodes dropping weekly. They should be up every Monday morning, Monday afternoon, around that time slot. So look forward to those. Make sure you're subscribing on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Instagram, at HipHopNth. And if you're looking to contribute to the overall music conversation in 2019, Make sure to get involved with MetaBritic on Instagram as well. We do a lot of interactive content with our follower base on there. So make sure to check it out. Again, that is at MetaBritic on IG. That's all we got for today. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, check out that new Anderson Pack album or check out either of those two albums we talked about earlier in the day, Guns by Quelle Chris or Hiding Places by Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel. And you know we'll be back next week with more content. I'll see you then. Peace.